0: I would do a recap then. I suppose one of the most significant sequence events was Ray, really, going back home and discovering that Angie was missing. Very late at night, he got back to his house and, and saw that not only Angie, she was uh, the window had been forced. Angie was missing. The bed hadn't been slept in. And it, it came to him in a lurching moment of, of horror that the sc- sound of screaming that he heard coming from the back of that butcher's truck sounded very much like Angie's voice, or at least it seemed to be. He went in search of the men from the construction crew who'd been digging his pool. The next morning, he tracked one of them down, went and had a little conversation with him that ended up with him filling the guy's head full of shotgun shot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is where we will actually pick up, but let's also remind ourselves of of Sid's long, dark night of the soul. He found his friend. That's a Hmm. positive. Well, most of (laughs) him. Most of him.
1: The outside bits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy was sitting in his hotel room, guts dripping down onto the floor, and seemed to be quite okay with it all, which was probably the worst part of it. He did ask you to look away when he got up to leave, and you heard this sort of sploshing sound as he walked out of the room, and then you just tried to close your mind up you were pretty drunk at that point, and you
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It. I mean between between his first appearance and me going back to the room, I had downed an awful lot of cheap gin. Yeah. or, or whatever yeah. I could get hold of.
0: Yeah. Jack had a disconcerting reunion with Feet, who he found kneeling down in front of one of his biggest, oldest olive trees in his grove, just scrabbling away at the dirt, trying to dig something up, something that he'd been told was there that he needed to bring to you and put close to you, because that's where it needed to be, according to what he'd been told by who you could not ascertain. And that left you with a very uncomfortable feeling that night, and a, a fairly broken sleep. I believe you heard scratching sounds as well during the night trey with his um severed ear obsession also had a troubled night Uh, after asking meredith to take the ear away for burial or some kind of ceremony the following day he had a dream that he himself had grown pig ears which of course he wasn't going to stand for that so he decided to the best thing to do was to rip them off his head meredith then appeared in his dream to take away his shirt for cleaning because it was covered in in his blood the next morning uh trey seemingly affected some way by the events on the island wanting the island to guide i think the way i think that was something along those lines he wanted to submit himself to the island and continue the filming or to start filming and so gathered together everyone with the exception of ray at the moorish palace where he had been residing so that's more or less the summary i think that is actually the summary so i think the first thing we need to do is head back to that little shack in the edge of town where ray has just murdered someone so ray i mean i think this is purely up to you at this point have you killed anyone before ray
2: i will say yes it's not i don't make a
0: habit of it okay in that um, case i will not make you make a
2: sanity roll
0: for killing because, okay because you know what this is about yeah come
2: on i was just considering the the location of the shack Mm. Are we in earshot of anyone else?
0: You've read my mind.
2: Uh, I'm also concerned that I've probably just killed my best lead. And, well, there's at least um, three or
0: four others in that crew. Mm, yeah, but
2: if they're <laughs> as forthcoming as this fella, mm. uh, don't fancy my chances. But yeah, was he holding something, Angie's? Was he holding a necklace or something? He was holding her necklace. That's yeah. right, yeah. Which yeah.
0: is now just dangling from his twitching
2: fingers well i'll have that yeah so i'll take that back and considering you know that i may have alerted others to my presence i'm going to quickly scan the room Mm. before looking for some kind of rear exit
0: well i'll tell you what it's sort of mid-morning you've just let off a a shotgun Mm. they are noisy i need you to make a luck roll and you actually need to get an extreme success However, if you get any kind of success, it will affect the outcome. So right, to, okay. to avoid being heard at all, you need to roll an extreme luck roll.
2: That's so is it best if I roll the green? Yes. One. Yes. Right. Oh, that was so close. <laughs> and of course,
0: you can't spend luck on a luck roll. Yeah, If I was thinking if you had rolled an extreme, maybe a donkey braid very loudly at that exact moment. <laughs> yeah, you can actually hear a shout coming from outside in spanish you don't know what it says someone has obviously heard the gunshot
2: bollocks right so i take it i can hear the the voice out the front of the the shack yeah i'm gonna try and see if i can look out the front of the shack without you know whilst still uh, attempting to remain hidden yeah you did a quick scan of the room
0: presumably looking for anything else yeah any, any clues clues or right anything Make another luck roll, just just for the sake of it. Mm, two Ooh. hard luck rolls in a row. I think that's... uh, Yeah, so you see that... Well, maybe there's an open wardrobe or armoire or something, very, very rough and rustic. And you see, like, a, several, maybe three or four, white shirts just folded and piled up in the armoire.
2: I'll grab one of these white shirts okay. and have a look at it.
0: Yeah. Now, if you recall, the strange thing about these workers is that every time they turned up, they they were wearing these immaculately clean white—I mean, rough cotton but clean—white mm. yeah. shirts. And it, it's it's like he's got a whole stack of them in there. And you pick it up, and it and it smells extremely like fragrant as you hold mm. it up and maybe hold it near your nose. Right. It
2: does seem incongruous. Hmm so maybe there's some kind of uh, local laundry service
0: you live locally but how long have you how long have you been on the
2: island if, can, can you remind me i'm not sure i may have stated it before and, and forgotten <laughs> i would imagine it's a, not like a, a years couple,
0: is it well because you're building
2: well, i don't know maybe cause... six months or something well, like yeah, that yeah, yeah.
1: well he's not building the house he's getting pool put in
0: oh, that's true mm. yeah okay the laundry that there is that mrs mega Senor Omega, mm-hmm. who, ah, who washes yes. the local people's shirts and right, clothing. Right. Of course, mo- more pressingly, you open the the shutters to the front window and you peer out. And because you got a hard success on your luck roll, you just see one of the locals, perhaps a, a man in his late 30s. You don't recognize him, or, or maybe you recognize him, but you don't know him. And he's just walking slowly up to the house and he's calling out
2: in spanish right well i'm I'm going to look for a back door you know see if i can scarper off into unfortunately no because there is there isn't a
0: back door this is this is like a one room almost like a shack the only way out is through the front door
2: into the Mm. into the street right i don't want to cause any more alarm maybe if there's no other obvious kind of hiding place, like a broom cupboard or anything like that, I might try and climb inside this wardrobe if it's large <laughs> enough.
0: Okay, it's going to be a tight squeeze, But and this, this man is approaching the door, so you're going to have to be quick. Mm. I'll need you to make a dexterity roll. Of course, you can spend luck on this. don't need to. Success. You are you're hitting this the greens you're all green today yeah and you just managed to get inside the wardrobe and pull the doors to when you see through the uh, gap you see light streaming into the into the shack and then you hear this cry of shock you see through the gap in the uh, in the wardrobe doors you see this this man he rushes over towards the foreman that you so recently put out of his misery for a moment he he sort of tries to perhaps put his fingers on, on the man's neck to see if he's still alive. And then, of course, he, he realises that, yeah, there's no way there's no way that he could live with an injury like that. And then he looks around. I would like you to make a stealth roll. Wow. Is it worth spending 48 luck
2: or <laughs> pushing the roll? <laughs> I could push the roll. I will, yeah.
0: Okay. So I, tell me how you do it. Because what, what happens is he's looking around and maybe you're trying to sort of, push yourself back out of any possible light that's coming into the wardrobe and Mm. maybe it's it's about to you know it's not very well constructed it's creaky what do you do
2: uh right i'm thinking this this shack is just it's a single room yeah Mm. yeah i'm not sure how i'm going to push this i might just have to uh reveal myself
3: not from experience this is all hypothetical (laughs) you've never hidden in a wardrobe in your life i think the only thing you can do is kind of put some clothes in front of your face
2: yeah well yeah maybe pull the the shirt that i've got in my hand if i could drape that over my head yeah hold it up like
3: it's on a hanger
2: yeah Unless there's something in here on a hanger. No, there's only that stack
0: of you're gonna to have to almost like bury yourself under them or something. Yeah? Right, like,
2: so yeah, well, I'll pull the yeah. I'll put the shirt between me and whatever you know, visible gap there is.
0: Okay. Right, so make that roll. <laughs> the odds were not with you. Yeah. And you put the, the shirt over your face
2: <laughs> <Just> like that <laughs> to
0: try and hide yourself. The man walks over and he says Hola. Right, well, I've got a... and Guinness. And he opens the door to the armoire as you're trying to hide. And he looks in, and then he slowly closes the door again and walks Ooh. out of the shack. Strange? But stranger is the smell coming off that shirt. Because as you held it up over your face, you started to feel this strange sort of sensation, like a... A warmth or even a sort of tingling sensation Ooh. coming off the cloth. You were breathing through it mm. and it was fragrant. It was like some kind of indefinable flower smell. I mean, I don't know. You're probably not that clued up on flowers,
2: <laughs> uh, Ray, but. um just Mother's Day.
0: Yeah. You could
1: put it down to a natural world, wrong?
0: <laughs> he, he could what's your natural (laughs) world skill (laughs) 10
2: well i could do but uh...
0: let's say i don't think that would help in this situation no
2: no Ah. because (laughs) i think it's unnatural
0: yeah because you start feeling really dizzy as well and then you just kind of drowsily slide down to the bottom of the wardrobe and then you just sort of sink into this warm almost like a warm bath that you're sinking down into it feels like the wooden sides and the floor of the wardrobe are just just melting away and you're dropping down into something soft and yielding and then everything goes black so (laughs) over to uh i think uh, back to the alhambra back to the to the moorish palace i think we left it with with you all debating whether you were going to call up Pasolini to come and take over the directing.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I think we were talking about nicking some film equipment, off.
0: Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. Trey, you've got a mission now, don't you, Trey? You you seem to be... You know what you want. Fully motivated at this point. Really excited to be here. (laughs) You're there with with Jack and Sid, and you've been explaining your plans to them.
1: I'm still not sure this is going to work. I mean, yeah, alright, you got the money, we, we might be able to get the equipment from somewhere, but I don't know, we'd, we'd still need some, some professionals just to handle things, you know, all, all the little shit that no one ever actually notices, like sound and lighting and continuity. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm down a director at the moment anyway, I, so I'm sorry, mate, I really don't know how this is going to happen.
3: I think I could direct it, I think.
1: Yeah, well... Every cunt thinks he can direct a film,
3: but there's a bit more to it than that. Well, you know, no disrespect to you, Sid, but I think it's exactly that kind of that attitude, or rather how my attitude is different to your attitude, that would make me a good director.
1: You mean my attitude based on experience and your attitude based on whatever the fuck you've been smoking for breakfast? <laughs> exactly.
3: But, you know, if any old cunt wants to be a filmmaker and you're a filmmaker... I'm not arguing with you there,
1: but I'm an experienced
4: <laughs> cunt.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, I write and I, uh, I draw, you know?
4: I think the biggest problem here is, Sid, you're talking about making a movie making a film. You're worried about continuity. You're worried about telling a story. And we don't need any of that. We need the truth. We need actuality. Can't. We need reality. This Look. needs to be a film based on reality. I think you're going to see in 30 years, this will be a big thing. And people like our friend here are slightly smelly, a little disheveled. Gardener, Carpenter, what have you, uh, will probably be the heads of the industry making television and film all the time with no script or anything.
1: Listen, I, I know you've got the best intentions here, but look, I've been doing this for some time. I started out in documentary filmmaking. I started doing these exposés, the seedier side of London life back in the early 60s. And even if you're doing a documentary, even if you're filming like real stuff that's happening in front of you, you still need to turn that into what... You know, more, I guess, cultured people would call a narrative. You need to. You're still telling a story. You're telling a story with pictures. You're engaging the audience. If you're just filming any old shit and you're you know, not editing it together properly, not actually telling a story with it, no one's going to fucking watch that. No one.
3: Well, look. What what we need to do then? What we need to do? We need to sit down and you know come up with a scheme, a schema, a framework. You know of things. Things we want to include, you know, to orientate ourselves. Then, when things happen, we know if, how how they fit, right?
4: How I mean isn't this all just a job of editors? This can all be done later. We just film everything yeah, now. I'll, I'll just be best- film everything.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong there. That's a big part of it. Yeah, you do need a good editor. But you also, like I say, need people to handle things like sound and lighting, uh, cinematography, just so that the editor doesn't take one look at it and say, oh, I can't do anything with this, which would be bad. That would be a waste of everyone's time and money.
3: You know, I've been here for a while. You know, we might we might not have the most professional people on hand, but, you know, we could, you know, I get get a few people, you know, they can...
1: Or alternatively, if Mr. Trey here has got the money, I can put in a call back to some of the lads I know back in London. We can get a few of them on a plane out here, I don't know, maybe sometime this week, and actually get some professionals in here to not make this into a, a total dog's breakfast.
4: Okay, so what, what I'm hearing is I want this done today and you're saying seven days we can get started, something like that, a week um, with the right funding, with the right yeah, motivations, we could have people out here and working in seven days so let's just split the difference and let's say
3: I reckon we could find people by the end of the day Let me make some <laughs> phone calls rather seven, than Let's do
4: 72 efforts. hours 72 <laughs> hours from right now start three mornings from now I'm not just going to
1: hand a camera over to some fucking shepherd or or goat herder or whatever on this island and and expect to have anything at the end of it that we can use but use
4: for what that's that's the big question yes
1: all right yeah now we're getting to it now we're getting to it you said you wanted to document all this you said you wanted to i don't know get the truth out there to people
4: do you think the apostles were worried about sales of the bible the
3: point (laughs) is that as everyone knows on the island we've got a Photographer that does weddings and stuff. They do the weddings. You know, in the week it's the postman and at the, on the weekend they do the weddings.
4: Is that true? Does that really happen here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, so there's all kinds of mystery. There's all, the island will provide for us.
3: What? It's going to provide
1: a postman who takes snaps.
3: Well, uh, you know, <laughs> they fucking but, do. But the wedding photographer knows how to handle a, <laughs> a camera. I've seen people around with Super 8 cameras, you know. You know, he processes those as well, you know.
1: I've mentioned the fact that I've got a Super 8 camera that I use for shooting locations yeah. prior to all this, and I mentioned that to Mr. Trey here, and he poo-pooed it a few minutes ago. He said he wanted professional equipment.
0: At this point, Meredith returns <laughs> to your little meeting, and she says, "Sir, it seems like you, there seems to be a bit of a disagreement about the best way to proceed. Should we not put in some phone calls ourselves? See, see who? I mean, we we have contacts all over Europe."
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you know some professional filmmakers who've got decent equipment, who can send out, like I say, a cameraman... you will be out of um, a
3: job, wouldn't you?
1: You know what I do in films? I'm not the twat behind the camera. I don't write the scripts. I mean, I polish them sometimes. What I do is I coordinate all that and turn it into what we in the business call a fucking film. As opposed to just, I don't know, whatever shit your postman shoots. So, yeah... <laughs> I mean, you can get all these people in here to actually make it, but without, I don't know, an organ grinder, they're just a bunch of monkeys jumping around with tin cups, aren't they?
3: There there is an organ grinder on the island as well. Sure.
0: (laughs) No (laughs) monkeys, though, unfortunately, because we're not in Gibraltar. But so Meredith says, I'll go and sort it out now, sir. I, I, I feel like we need to see some forward momentum. I feel like we've somewhat got stuck on this one don't you think so
4: that's a decent point meredith i i think i'm just really falling uh, deep into this idea that there's something spiritual going on and that the island itself is very important and that you know using local talent and things would be the way to go but sometimes we just have to give up on our dreams don't we
0: well maybe we could do some uh, scouting this morning no
4: meredith it's time for a
0: 24-hour melancholy <laughs> okay <so> sh- <laughs> shall i get your concoction <laughs> Yes, please. I think a little bit extra as well today. And she heads off. So a little while later, she brings back your concoction in a thermos flask. She says, I warmed it up for you, sir. I know you like it. Body temperature. And hands it to you. Thank you, Meredith.
3: Could I have one of those, please?
0: Oh, no. No, sir. I'm, I'm afraid this is Mr. Skysel's personal recipe. He does not like anyone else to even know what's in it, let alone taste it
3: or have it. Could I have one kind of, you know, suitably distant enough, but kind of like
0: it? I'll just take a gin love. <laughs> she, she, she looks at, at Trey. She says, sir, it's your rules. No, uh, I don't have the energy. he, he just give him what he wants. Ready, sir?
3: I'll have one of those, please.
0: Okay, sir. I must say, you seem to be acting somewhat out of character at the moment, but of course, whatever you say, sir. And, and she looks, with a look of concern, she walks off back down to the staff quarters and the kitchen to prepare... Another concoction for Jack.
3: Trey, when you're in a 24-hour melancholy, um, can you still, you know, walk around, do stuff? Sometimes if led by the hand. Okay, well, I, I reckon we could, um, I, I, you know, I've got an interesting little trip, you know, stroll we could take.
4: Yeah, hmm. any, anything to get my mind off the recent unpleasantness would be um, well-received.
3: Good idea. Uh, you know, I think you'd like this one as well. No,
1: look, no, I'm fucking melancholy enough already. I've got phone calls yeah. to make. I've got stuff to organise. You know, Mr. Trey here, he wants to make a film. I'm going to yeah. make that happen because I'm a fucking professional. You can sit there and drink your melon, water. No, no,
3: no. No, no. What, what I was thinking was, you know, back in town, there's this old fortune teller and, you know, you know, it would be good research, I think, to go and see, to go and see her and yeah, you,
1: you see, yeah, re- research all that stuff, locations. I mean, yeah. all of that is great. I fucking love that stuff, and yeah, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure we can get some good stuff with her. But as I said, we need to organise some crews to come out here and actually make this. So if you will just, I don't know, drink your stuff, and I don't, I mean, what is it? Yeah, you know, I mean, fuck off for a couple of hours. I'll make some phone calls. Yeah, all right, all right, and, yeah. and then we can make a film.
3: I was thinking it's a kind of, a, you know, a casting kind of thing. She might, you know... Uh, Oh, yeah, all right, Jack.
1: All right, how about this? I don't know, I'm
3: just just trying to be positive about this.
1: You want a job here? I hereby anoint you casting director. How about
3: that? All right, that's all
0: right, yeah. Meredith returns with a mug. You don't get a thermos flask, you get a mug. (laughs) (laughs) She'll follow the the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law, and she hands (laughs) you the mug. And it seems to be comprised mainly of... Some kind of liquidised grass. Uh, not marijuana, but literally grass. Because it's green and it has that grassy smell coming up off it.
3: Is this like, you know, that drink that is the water from grass? Or is there literally the grass roughage? It's
0: l- literally the grass roughage, all blended up with some other things I, mixed in.
3: I look in Trey's one to check that this is the same thing he's got.
0: Well, he has to l- agree to let you do that. It's very rude to go and open up someone's thermos <laughs> flask without after-
3: Trey is this the same thing as what you've got? Is this the stuff? Is it? Can I see?
4: I mean, you can you can take a whiff if you like. It's just a, mainly a base of wheat and lemongrass, uh, ground up with various indigenous herbal medicines to bring back vigor, vitality, and oh. um, general well-being.
3: What's it like going going through? Like you know?
4: No, oh, it goes through very quickly. <laughs>
1: <What> the <laughs> for, for last time I saw anything like that, my dog was vomiting it up on the carpet.
4: <laughs> yeah, is it painful?
3: To digest or extrude
4: or? Oh no, not at all. It's perfectly digestible.
1: Well, there you go. Cheers. I think I know why it makes you miserable for twenty-four hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's not a whiff of alcohol coming off it at all. That's the main problem. I'm
3: a bit disappointed with that.
0: What is the next action that the three, the new production team, are going to be taking? Are <laughs> you you going to head into the village? Is that right, Jack?
3: I want to take Trey to the fortune teller. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: uh, fortune teller that uh, I'm going to have to quickly invent. So, yeah, and Sid, what about you?
1: Yeah, well, Sid's going to stay back at uh, Trey's hotel room, and he's going to make a lot of phone calls for a start, I mean, to try to get, yeah, exactly as he said, some technical crew out here to start work as soon as possible. He's going to phone around as many people as he knows and see who's available to drop everything and come out and he convince them there's money and this and so on. But the other thing mm. that he wants to do is you know, as we've established before, he and Jimmy have relied a little bit before on less legal forms of funding, you know, some yes. some of the old East End firms to you know perhaps stump up a bit. And he's got to phone around some of them and yeah, you know, uh, some old contacts and just talk about the fact that he's on this island with a bunch of very, very dodgy geezers. There's something that's going on that may, for all he knows, Jimmy's dead at the moment. And that there is some yank out here who's got more money than sense. So, you know, that might make it worth a while for anyone who wants to come out here. But at the very least, yeah, he's he's looking to see whether he can get uh, a bit of muscle to come out here, apparently as part of the film crew, Just, yeah, for a start, to see whether they can find out what's happened to Jimmy and make sure it doesn't happen to any of the rest of us. And also, I mean, if they want to take Trey for everything he's got, he's all right with that too.
0: Hmm. Put a bit of pressure on Trey. See if he cracks. I mean, he seems pretty close to cracking anyway. No, that's perfect, Scott. That's exactly (laughs) what I was planning. Good old Mickey Buxton. Excellent. Good old Mickey Buxton. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Whilst all that is going on, let's head back to our unconscious... Or maybe dreaming or drifting friend, Ray. You're in a dark, dark, dark well at the bottom of your consciousness. There is some weak, watery light seeping in and you hear a voice and you feel you feel like movement and the voice is saying, Senor Maton, Senor Maton, are you there? What, what the fuck's going on? That's the words that you are saying in your head, but... When your mouth opens to speak them, it, it's just this kind of jumble and kind of. You can't form the words properly. Your lips and mouth aren't, aren't moving properly. Senor Maton. Senor Maton. Come back. Senor Maton.
2: Where, where am I?
0: Senor Maton. Who is this? If you let go now, you won't come back.
2: I'm not, I'm not fucking letting go of anything.
0: And what I need from you is to make a power roll. Oh, yes. Ooh. You made it when you needed it. Mm. Because um, slowly, almost as if you're swimming up from the bottom of the ocean, the light is starting to increase in intensity. And you do start to see some vague, blurry shapes now. Like they're above water and you're below water. And you can see two or three forms above you. And one of them seems to be talking to you. Señor Maton, Señor Maton,
2: What's happening?
0: And then you feel this sharp crack of pain as this hand comes swishing down and just sort of Ugh. slaps you across the face.
2: <laughs> you f- get your hands off me.
0: And then you feel your shoulders being roughly shaken. And another slap, like a backhand slap. This one sure has left a, a gash on your cheek. Mm. And then you're awake.
2: Fucking leave it out. What the fuck are you doing?
0: And you're lying on, on something uncomfortable, like there's some kind of rough cloth, and underneath it there's probably some, I don't know, something metallic, not not flat, and it's kind of pushing into your back. And kind of crouched above you, the person that's just slapped you awake is the local policeman. is the Guardia Seville Inspector Molina. And there's a couple of Guardia Seville in this space with you. And as you kind of come to... You realise that, one, the reason it's so uncomfortable is your hands have been tied behind your back and you're in the back of a van and you're probably lying on some kind of, maybe some tools or something underneath you and that's what's kind of pushing into your, into your back. Jesus
2: Christ, what the fuck is going on here?
0: And uh, Melina says, Ah, good, you are awake. Hm. I've been drugged. <laughs> Not exactly, Senor Maton, but you could have gone there. Maybe... Maybe it would have been for the best.
2: What are you talking about?
0: Look, I know what's the best for me. Do you, Senor Maton? Do you? Did you also know what was best for Paco?
2: Why? why? What's happened to him then? Well, you blew his
0: fucking brains out, Senor Maton. What?
2: What What are you talking about?
0: Well, you can pretend to say you didn't do it. It doesn't really matter.
2: Look, I just went round there to see what was happening about my pool. I haven't seen them idiots in a couple of days.
0: And then he kind of bangs on the side of the van with his, with his clenched fist, and then the engine starts, and the, the van starts chugging up across the rough, stony ground it's on. It's, you're being shaken around a bit, and he says, "Señor
2: Maton, you have made a very, very big mistake." I wouldn't bet on that. I think it's you that's making the mistake here. We are. We will see. But you touched the cloth.
1: <laughs>
0: That's a bad time <laughs> phrase. <laughs> do what?
5: He said. The white shirt, the linen. You touch it. You
2: put it on your face. I can see. I can see the colours in your face and your mat on. And what are you talking about? It was put on my face. It does not matter whether you choose to do it or it just happens
5: by chance.
2: It is the same outcome
5: for you for anyone.
2: Look, what is this flower power bullshit? Ah, there is power in flowers. See? But not the kind that you would ever want to see. Now, we go. We take you somewhere. Somewhere quiet. Somewhere safe. Well, I'm sure my lawyers would have something to say about this. I am sure, senor matum. But they will never hear about this. And then he kind of
0: sits down on a low bench in the back of the van. The two other Guardia Seville are sitting there and they've got their rifles on their laps. And you notice that they're all wearing extremely crisp white shirts, all three of them. And when Molina leans back against the the wall of the van, he's a big man and he's kind of a bit hunched. And as he leans back you're sure you see some kind of some kind of weird movement on his back, like something just seems to flex, something that shouldn't really be flexing on a person, Ooh. like a, a shape just seems to bulge out at the side as he leans back. And we will leave you there in this van, going to somewhere safe and somewhere quiet. So, Sid, after calling round everyone you know... You eventually get through to Mickey, Mickey Buxton. Always good for a few grand if there's something on the uh, on the other side for him. He gets called to the phone by one of his men and, and he says, he says, uh, he picks up the phone and he says, Sydney,
5: Sydney, the uh, old mucker.
0: It's been far too long.
5: He has, hasn't he? Oh, Sydney, I haven't forgotten uh, the good old times, the good old days. Also, haven't forgotten that you do owe me a bit, don't you, from the last oh. take,
1: yeah? Yeah, but, oh, I think I think I can pay that back with interest.
5: I'm glad you can, Sydney. Now, how's Jimmy? You're going to end up peeing in a pod, ain't you?
1: That's one of the reasons why I called, mate. <coughs> Look, this is all a bit weird. I'm on this Spanish island doing location scouting for a new film, right? I, it, it Nuns, basically. You th- think, think nuns. Anyway. Nuns, eh? Yeah, like that. Jimmy was acting a bit peculiar, and and he's... I don't know. I, I, I think he's in trouble, but I don't know where he is. And anyway, there's some really strange stuff going on here. I'm a bit worried about how safe this is. I'm a bit worried about Jimmy. But at the same time, there's this Yank here. He's—I mean, he's got more money than God. I mean, yeah, you—you you, you think you're well off? I mean, this—this this guy. Pff, I mean, yeah, he's—he's he's in a whole different league. I mean, he—he's come here. He's come here on a private yacht the size of a fucking battleship.
5: Sydney, you're not trying to make me feel less of a man than uh, than I should be, are you? You're not trying to make no. me uh, feel
0: uh,
5: inadequate.
1: I'm trying to make you feel like there's an opportunity here because our Yank friend wants to get into the filmmaking business oh
5: he does does he
1: yeah but he doesn't know a fucking thing about it and well it would be a real shame if someone took advantage of that All, all i'm saying is at the moment i could really do with some friends out here just to i don't know help me find out what's happened to jimmy and just make sure whatever it is doesn't happen to me if jimmy's still okay want to get him back if not Want to find out that whoever nobbled him doesn't get to do it again. And if at the same time, you know, whoever came out here had some way of, I don't know, liberating this yank from a bit of his excess money, I wouldn't shed any tears over that.
5: Well, uh, as it happens, in Sydney, my old mate, I was planning on taking Valerie to Benidorm this summer. Oh,
1: this is so much nicer than Benidorm. Well, no, I mean, sorry, when I say nicer, I mean it's it's more authentic. You won't get any Watney's Red Barrel here, but, you know, it's m- more donkeys than you can shake a stick at.
5: Well, as long as you can get a little umbrella in the cocktails for Valerie, uh, we'll be all right.
1: I don't think there's an umbrella on the whole fucking island, mate. <laughs>
5: anyway, if there's a Yank who needs his wallet lightning, I think, I, will, I think I'll take you up on the offer. Plus, of course, you know, it's always good to keep an eye on the people that owe you, yeah?
1: If this goes the way I think, it has got to go. By the end of it, you'll be saying
5: that you owe me. We'll see about that. Listen, (laughs) I'll get Roy and Frankie as well to come out. Sounds like we don't want any trouble, you know. Or maybe we just want to cause the trouble. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was about to say, if you don't want trouble, you don't get Roy and Frankie out here.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I mean is, other than the trouble that we're going to
3: cause.
1: You remember what happened to that club in Soho. Yeah, just... Let's just not have that happen again, all right? Best, best not
5: remind ourselves of that little incident yeah. there. Well, look, I'll go down a travel agent this afternoon and who knows? We'll be out there by tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, I Well, see you soon, mate.
5: See you soon, Sydney, and uh, keep your nose clean.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see.
5: <laughs> yeah, and uh, when you see Jimmy, tell him I haven't forgotten South End either.
1: Yeah... Don't think any of us are ever going to
3: forget that one. No, nah. all right. Take care. See you tomorrow.
1: Oh, this is going to go well.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Listeners to this will be—they'll be, be saying to themselves, "But he didn't give him the fucking name of the island, let alone the address." <laughs> I know.
0: I was thinking that.
3: It's <laughs> all right. It's, it's, it's been uh, traced. Mickey,
0: uh, yeah. Mickey knows knows everything that's going on. Meanwhile, Trey and Jack, you're heading down into the village, and the fortune teller. I'm gonna say that neither of you have ever met her before but she apparently has a, a little um, shack in the in the forest where she tells her fortunes it's uh, picturesque it's it's, it's near, near the bay so you you head down there and as you're walking through the village to head down to the bay I'd like Jack to make a psychology role
3: we've all got psychology Nathan I've got 12. In psychology 12
0: of course yeah you go so like two points
3: i've rolled five no way <laughs>
0: all right well that's a hard success
3: so trey you know you're, you're saying well this i tell you this, that drink is well, you know it's, it's quite it's quite difficult to talk isn't it at the island you know you're talking about the island you know there's you know we, if we're going to get into what the island's got i mean you know it's a great island i've been here Been here for a while now, you know, and, you know, I think, you know, people swear by this woman. They swear by this woman, you know, This.
4: Have you visited her before?
3: No, 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 no.
4: General impressions on the layout of her establishment. Well,
3: I tell you, I tell you, as far as facilities go. I know, I know this. Don't tread off the path. Like, you know, we just had a grass drink, so... We don't tread off the path. Yeah, that's stay. that's
4: kind of my point. Uh, the yeah. bitter, the bitter aloe and the bearberry will be setting in pretty mm. soon, and we will <laughs> need some sort of facilities. Um.
3: I, I know, I know that you've got to, you got to kind of. She's got a way. She's got a way, and you've got to follow the way. I, which I mean, is I'm, what? I'm, which I'm, is I'm what?
4: really up for anything. It's just yeah. That's,
3: for I mean, that's what you want to do. Is that you, you want to find the way? Camp. You want to find the way?
0: So you get there. You get to this picturesque little wooden shack in the in a little clearing and it has a like a cleared area in front with a path going down to the beach and it's actually got a, a lovely view out to the sea and the door is actually shut to the to the shack it's I'm not sure if there's anyone in but she obviously knows we're coming right <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. madam calamari <laughs> madam calamari <laughs>
0: and a voice from the inside says who is it it's a
4: rhetorical question she knows exactly who we are
0: it's us ah i foresaw your coming so did we <laughs> she says you may enter but take your shoes off i don't like getting sand in the in the shack
3: nice uh, nice nice porch you got you got here you keep it in quite quite good nick this porch nice porch
0: well you would know
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, I would, I would. Trey, uh, do you you want to go in first?
4: Yeah, fine, that's fine. Trey's finishing taking his shoes and balling up his socks and putting them inside each shoe and then uh, wanders his way inside.
3: I'm holding the door open and just kind of waiting and looking in.
0: Yeah, so there is a sort of, I think it would be too grandiose to call it a reception room, but it's a, there is a room that's clearly been set up with a, a table and there's some hanging drapes and a couple of chairs this clearly is where the fortunes are told and the voice was coming from behind the curtains and and she says please one at a time
3: we're we're, we're, we're together
0: and we are
4: part of the same production
3: one of you will have to
0: stand then
3: I'll stand it's fine
4: how much is the going rate for fortunes Madame calamari she says,
0: 1,000 pesetas.
4: All right for 2,000, can you stand?
0: <laughs> she says, I prefer to sit.
4: For for 10,000, can you stand?
0: <laughs> she says, the money is not the point, sir. All
4: right, you drive a hard bargain. Jack will stand.
0: I, I think I'm, I'm playing this all wrong, but it doesn't matter. So, anyway, <laughs> you you go in. You go in. Trey, you, you obviously take the chair, because you, you, you would not stand. Jack, you... You're standing then maybe behind him or next to him.
3: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit, little bit kind of nervous. I'm just kind of standing between them and the door. I but a little bit, but looking around. It's a kind of um, you know attraction repulsion kind of thing. I'm a bit fidgety.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And Madame Calamari, she says, "Please close the door behind you."
3: It, it is closed.
0: Okay. Uh, good.
3: It's closed. Yes.
0: We wouldn't want anyone passing by to maybe glimpse the mysterious workings.
3: Should I, I draw the curtain as, as well? Please. Okay. Better.
0: So you draw the curtains. And then after a few seconds, the drapes at the back part. And a woman steps forward with wearing dark smock. Everyone wears smocks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also got some kind of a hood. Which comes forward quite a long way over her face, and so her face is in shadow. And and she sits down, and she says, "You are troubled, both of you."
3: <sighs> um, it's okay. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it is.
0: Everything that happens on this island happens for a reason, Jack. That's what I've been saying this whole
4: time.
3: He has he has been sa- he has been saying that the whole time. It's-
4: and he's got a prima donna director that doesn't see it that way. So it's a fucking bullshit. There are forces at work here that you cannot understand. What sort of forces? Oh,
0: you would not like it if you understood them. It is better to just think of them as, well, ancient forces.
3: Okay, everything?
0: Everything on this island is an echo of the past. We are at the center of of the sea here, surrounded by many, many ancient lands where many terrible things have happened over many thousands of years.
3: So, so it's not it's good? Well, do people bury things on the island? Oh, of course.
4: Bury the dead? What about off the island? What about Under the under the sea? What kind of ancient things do you foresee down there? Oh, you don't want to go too
0: deep there, Mr. Skyzor.
3: Well, you see, that's what he wants to do.
0: Yes, many want to do things that will lead to their destruction.
3: Well, I mean, right, right, well, yeah. Mm.
0: Stay on land. The land may provide some protection.
3: Well, I, I, I mean, just my olive tree.
0: Your olive tree. Yes. Is it one of the old trees? Yes. They've seen a lot too, those old ones. What do you know about ears? Ah, ears. Good for hearing, Mr. Skysall.
3: Swimming women. Oh, you met
0: her. Ah, and you still have all your limbs.
3: Uh, like, like you said, I I was on land and I waited until she had gone. So then, was...
0: you have good in, good
4: instincts, Jack. Now you mentioned limbs. limbs. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. She she collects them then. Mm, that's a. Funny way of putting it, I think she just likes the taste of them.
3: I'm going to whisper to Trey, I'm going to say, should we ask her about the film? Mm,
4: if we needed to ask, she'd already know the question.
3: Should we see if I she I think knows? we've got our answers. Oh. Uh, Madame Calamari, what's the answer, please?
0: You are trying to record what is going on on this island. That is a very dangerous thing to try to do the island doesn't want to be recorded
4: trey yeah Uh, i really appreciate everything you've said today Um, it's been very helpful and um and um, i'm not sure the conversion of currency here
0: um and and she says you will have to give up something of yourselves to the island you all know in some way what that thing is you just need to realize it
4: yeah, I lost my biographer.
0: Hmm. I'm already paid up. I think you'll find out, Trey, that he lost what he was
3: meant to lose. Uh, There's a couple of tools that I haven't been able to find lately. Perhaps.
0: Now, about that thousand pesetas. you mean you take a cashier's
3: check. Diner's Club? Trey, do you not do you not have any, <laughs>
4: any cash? Uh, I, have, I have $300 American. I'm not sure, that, Here, will that cover it? That'll do nicely. Alright, I'm sorry, Doc. No. For, that's a little bit embarrassing that I don't know the exchange rate, but my accountant's not here, so.
0: She gratefully takes your three hundred dollars. Could you help us
3: at all? I
0: I feel I've already helped you.
3: You've in- informed us, but now things seem worse than ever.
0: Worse is one way of putting it. Yes, but knowledge is 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 everything, is it not?
3: Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. Better to know what's coming down the road towards you. Which is. As I said, the island is very old. And
4: what's under the ocean is even older. Am I wrong? Maybe. Now,
0: I think you need to go now. I don't want them to think that I've helped you, you see. Oh, I, I wouldn't worry about that, you haven't. And then she retreats back behind the the curtains.
3: Draw your curtains on the way out. Thank Madame you, Jack. Yeah. Gonna Gonna close the door? Well, I'm closing closing the door now. Thank you.
0: I realise you made that psychology roll, but we didn't actually... Let's say on the way back, you you realise that every villager, as you go past, just kind of swivels their head towards you and fixes you with a long stare. Some at their windows, balconies looking down, others just stop what they're doing in the street and just follow you with their gaze. And it is a very disconcerting feeling.
3: This twenty four hour uh, melancholy drink is making me sweat quite a lot, and uh, you know, I mean, Trey that... did mention eating the toilet. I think.
4: Yeah, that's the, the slippery elm and the milk thistle. <laughs> Dog. Oh.
3: <laughs> Breathing as as shallow as shallowly and as infrequently as possible, and kind of sweating and waddling along. Really, mm-hmm.
4: Jack, do you do you understand what's going on here now?
3: I haven't got a fucking clue, man. Oh, it's it's so.
4: So obvious. Have you ever studied mysteries? Are you a fan of the genre at all?
3: Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 a little a little bit. And I've got a feel I got a feeling for these things.
4: I've made quite a study of the American serialized mystery. It's quite clear what's going on here is that they're trying to scare us away from the treasure that's in this bay. Oh. The archaeological finds will be clear as day oh, once we get down there. This is all an elaborate ruse, this is all a trick just to get us off the off course. This whole island is conspiring oh, against something. us.
3: So, so what you're saying is that foreigners on the island have reached a kind of a critical mass, and naturally, because of the treasure that they've got there, they're, they're, they've become you know suspicious of that critical mass. And and with as I say, especially with your presence and you know everything that you that you bring and you know that focus on the, that hole in the water. I don't what, what do you call that the well? I don't what is it. So, so basically, and do they have meetings? Do they plan this together? Probably,
4: yeah. uh, but it's almost obvious that they must have to set up the different special effects, pay off my biographer to cut off his own hand and fake an injury to get off the, off the job, uh, have some woman with a scuba tank swim out and menace oh, you yeah, in the bay yeah, yeah, and then yeah, swim yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all it's all elaborate tricks and games.
3: She wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't. You know, really aggressive. You know, she wasn't that aggressive. Really. You know, it was quite slight really
4: no in fact she was probably pressured into doing it It probably wasn't even her idea
3: that puts that just puts a whole nother slant on it really i can see yeah so so like all the dead people they're not dead they
4: a a combination of actors shared hallucinations perhaps drugging our food that's why it's important that we only eat food cooked by my staff from now on okay okay and that we find a toilet right
3: away
2: okay
0: (laughs) right and Sid, you finish up your calls and you notice just in the last sort of 30 seconds of your call with with Mickey that Meredith is standing, looking rather anxious at the entrance, at the the, uh, archway leading into the the communications room. And she comes over and she says, I don't wish to alarm you, Sid, but there's some men outside. What kind of men?
1: Locals. Alright, and what's this got to do with me?
0: Well, there's only you and me here at the moment. Yeah? The others have headed off into town to resupply. And yeah. these men are, are all there. Well, you better come and see. Oh, for
1: fuck's sake. Alright, um... Yeah, let a settle. Get up and follow her. Still trying to shake off the last of his hangover.
0: Mm. And you head out onto the balcony overlooking the courtyard entrance to the palace and standing across the, the entire width of the courtyard are about 15 island men, all dressed in immaculate white, head to toe and holding various farm implements and they're just standing there, and they're all just stock still and staring up at you as you come out onto the balcony. And Meredith says, "They've just been standing there for the last twenty minutes." Sid,
1: I've, I've seen this kind of thing before. It's a shakedown. They've, they've got a whiff at the fact that there's some foreigners here with money and now They're just trying to, to spook us. Yeah. All right. Sid will just shout out over the balcony. Right. All right. Which one of you lot's in charge? They don't react. They just continue
0: to stare up at you.
1: Look, I don't know what the fuck it is you think you want, but you've either got to communicate what it is or fuck off home. Which is it going to be?
0: Meredith sort of looks at you nervously and looks down at them. She says, I tried talking to them myself and they didn't reply. I think they're waiting for something. Yeah,
5: uh, right.
1: And there's no hotel staff around or anything like that? You've not seen any of them?
0: Oh no, there's only us here, you see. We we rented this from the mayor. This isn't right. a proper hotel, it's just... It's just not...
1: Oh, sorry, I was so big, I just assumed it was.
0: No, no. Uh, that's why I, I thought I'd best get you no.
1: uh, There's I, There's no staff, nothing like that? It's just you and me? Yes,
0: yeah, just the two of us. And as she says this, they all take a step forward, all 15 of these men, and then another step forward. And then they all surge forward, running into the palace, smashing open the doors, and you hear the sound of running feet and the clanging of farm instruments as they scrape along the floor and smash into the walls and the banisters. And you hear the, th- the surging f- footfalls as they come up the staircase towards your floor.
5: I'm
1: not just standing there listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> so As engaging a set of sounds as it is. do <laughs> I mean, how far a drop is it off this balcony to the courtyard below?
0: Oh, it's probably a good 20 feet onto the, uh, you know, tiled floor, or the flagstones below. And Meredith looks at you and as she sort of sees what you're thinking, says, I'm not going to. No. Sh- fuck, what are
1: we going to do?
2: S- Sid, shit,
1: they'll be here soon, Sid. Let's just barricade the doors, all right? Look, help me shove some furniture in front of those doors there.
0: Okay. Okay. There is no furniture. There's only the camp beds. <sighs> fuck. Fuck. Maybe we can wedge it. I don't know. <laughs> there weren't even any doors. It was all, like, uh, open yeah. archways. <laughs> but let's say I'll let you make a luck roll to see if there's something you can kind of put a, make well, a barricade out of.
1: No, I mean, it sounds like barricades aren't really an option, But so what I'll look for instead is towel sheets anything like that that we can quickly tie into a rope ladder well an impromptu rope ladder or
0: okay rope
1: that we can clamber down
0: all right make again so make a luck roll yes you succeeded and yes there are some sheets and you grab them and meredith grabs some as well and then you, and you you start tying together these sheets as the the sound quite frankly terrifying sounds of this group of lunatics charging up the staircase with their farm implements towards you gets closer and closer, and I would be remiss if I didn't make you make a climb roll at this point.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sending Meredith down first.
0: (laughs) Of course. I, no, of course. That's chivalry. That is chivalry. Yeah. Uh, She will, of course, test out whether the, the knots were tight enough. And the, that's <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> coincidental. <laughs> okay, well, I would say she will probably have the base climb, which is, what, 20? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Given that it, it's not a difficult climb, but you're under pressure. No, I, I think it's a it's a normal roll. So, I'll tell you what. Make another luck roll to see what happens as she starts climbing down. Oh, Hard success. The good news is... A weird thing to say. The good news is she just falls, but she doesn't tear the sheets. The sheets stay intact, and she falls with a cry and a thump, and she lands with a thump to the ground. She just took nine damage. So that is a major wound. I'll say it, it doesn't kill her, but she's broken her leg, okay. and she's lying there screaming in the courtyard with her, the bone just kind of shattered, end of the bone poking through her flesh, and she's Clasping a leg and just screaming an animal scream of agony.
3: Are there any Labradors on the island? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sid,
0: you can see uh, the first of these lunatics oh. rushing down the long corridor towards the room you're in. It's now or yeah. never, Sid.
1: No, sod this. I, if I clamber down there and land on her, that's. <laughs> not good to either of us any good and Sid's had it at this stage he doesn't like being frightened he doesn't like being pushed around and I just remember my character trait as uh, uh, being an absolute control freak so fuck this lot um, it's, it's time I reminded them who's in charge yeah, and so, yeah Sid, Sid's walking in off the balcony to go and confront the first of them
0: mm. and with yells and cries they come running into the room they will pile in one after the other but they stop as soon as they enter the room.
1: What the fuck do you lot want? What Look, is this a shakedown? Are you after money? Is this... I don't know. You, you, do you just not like foreigners on the island? What, what the fuck is this? For, since going up to the first one who came in and is actually jabbing his finger in the man's chest.
0: And given <laughs> what just happened, given that sudden surge of action and, and, and even violence, really, menace, certainly, they're surprisingly calm. And again, they don't React, but you do hear a voice coming from the courtyard below. It's Jimmy's voice, and and Jimmy says, "Sid, you better come with them, Sid." What the fuck's going on, Jimmy? We just need to get back up there, Sid. They want you back up where? Back what? The, the, the convent. That's right, Sid. The convent, Sid. Why? They just need a bit of you, Sid. You realise that he's the voice is coming from down in the courtyard. Yeah. Do you want to speak to him directly?
1: Yeah, I mean, sort of keeping half an eye on the men. I'll walk over towards the balcony and and look over the edge, but then also look back just to make
0: sure the men aren't going to charge me. Mm. And you see that Jimmy is hes in the courtyard, and he's been brought into the courtyard on a donkey cart. And the reason he's on the donkey cart is that he's really just this kind of collection of... Of body parts and organs everything seems to have just kind of flooded out of him and his head is sort of it's almost like he's floating in a sea of viscera filling up the back of this cart i'll make the sand roll now then (laughs) yeah i think you (laughs) oh yeah but but i think you are going to have to roll d4 again (laughs) even even for passing this one's a tough one to comprehend yeah his head's just kind of lolling around almost like sloshing backwards and forwards and he says it doesn't they don't care much if you if you're in one piece so i I suggest you you just come down and hop on the front of the cart we can have a nice chat on the way up (laughs) are you happy to cut the scene there (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's nowhere else to go from there, really, is there? Yeah. Right. So we will finish with Ray. So Molina and maybe you've been trying to get something out of them on the way up, but they're they're not really speaking at all after that initial conversation, Ray. Until you, you know you've been going up over rough terrain. Eventually, the van crunches to a halt on the rough
2: ground, and Molina says to you,
0: "Wakey, Senor Maton, time to go."
2: Time to go. Where are we? You better be taking me to Ange. Oh,
0: yes. (laughs) You're clever. Clever man, Mr. Maton. Yes, we are taking you to Ange. She's here too. Good. Yes, you will be together very soon. Very
2: soon. (laughs) Really together. Look, I don't like your tone. I don't care what you're up to here, this sect or whatever it is you've got going on here. I'm not doing your fucking floral dance. Just show me where my wife is.
0: Say, Maton. You are a guest in my house. Is this a way to talk to someone when you are a guest in their house?
2: Well, if you've been handcuffed and dragged there against your will, I'll talk to you how I like.
0: (laughs) You fucking giddies. You come here to our island. You think you can push us around, take us for granted with your money, your fancy cars, your digital watches. This is an old place.
2: We don't need your modern things. We have Mm. everything we need here. I'm sure you have a whale of a time catapulting donkeys over churches or whatever you get up to. Yeah, laugh. Laugh all you want, Senor Maton. This is no joke. Come on, we go now. And then he
0: kicks open the the van doors with a hint of anger and again as he turns you see this unpleasant rippling on his back as there seems to be something alive or moving underneath his Mm. shirt and he climbs out. And the two, Guardia Seville just roughly pick you up and drag you out. And he says, Senor Maton, by the time this day is over, you will have changed your mind about a few things, I can assure you. Vamanos. And then you're dragged around the van. You see you're you're at the entrance to this old convent, and you're dragged through, and the Mother Superior and a few nuns appear. And they have broad grins on their faces. And they're all wearing, of course, the most immaculately brilliant white robes. Hey. What are they fucking called? <laughs> Habits. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it is unusual. I mean, normally nuns wear black and white, but they're wearing pure white
2: head to toe. Am I getting and... any more of this floral scent? Mm.
0: Oh, mm. yeah. It's everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. And the Mother Superior comes over and she says, Ah, your senor maton. We have been Enjoying the company of your good
2: wife. Well, she better be enjoying your company, otherwise, you'll be hearing about it very soon. Oh, see, she's
0: becoming more comfortable. See, see, see. And then you're taken through into this long corridor, and at the end, past all these doors, barred, and you can't help but look in as you drag past, and you see these strange, misshapen forms, probably lepers or something. And Behind you, Melina is saying, "Very soon, Senor. Very soon." You're taken to the end, and it's the, the corridor is, is quite dark. And then one of the nuns unlocks the door with her with a big iron key, and they open the door, and then they shove you in pretty hard, so you stumble forwards and fall. And it's very dark in this. It's like a cell, and the door clangs behind. The lock, and the key turning in the lock.
2: Fucking animals!
0: And as you shout that out, you hear a. A noise coming from the corner, a sort of muffled sob, and you know it's Angie. It's quite hard for you to get up because your hands are cuffed behind your back still. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to
2: look over to you. Angie, Angie, help me up. He says, Oh, Ray,
0: Ray, is that you, Ray?
2: Yeah, come and give us a hand.
0: I can't move, Ray. They did something to me, Ray.
2: If they've hurt you in any way, what's happened?
0: They didn't hurt me, Ray, but, but they did something, Ray. And then you hear this sort of thump as Angie unfurls her new body onto the floor in front of you. And uh, I think we'll leave
2: it there. (laughs) Nice. I'll be starting the next session with a sanity roll then, I Yeah, I think you
3: are. I think you definitely are. I'm feeling pretty chippo, actually, after Trey's (laughs) managed to, uh, you know convince me of of what's really going on so I, I think I'll take that opportunity to to be rested by that yeah. illumination I think so. I think so
1: wait until the house are finished
4: purging
3: mm. <laughs> but, well that's the thing you know it's very cleansing it's a cleansing <laughs> process I'm sure
4: Trey Albert admitted that he learned how to solve mysteries from Scooby-Doo and you're taking...
3: I
0: know, I know, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was, I was thinking. Scooby-Doo didn't exist. Did, when did Scooby-Doo yes, it come did. out? Was it Absolutely. Yeah, early yeah. 60s. Like, yeah. late, late, late 60s. Late 60s. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was, I was early perfect. Yeah. All right, guys, that was the usual insanity. So, um, good, <laughs> good possibly next session will be the conclusion i feel like we're coming to mm. a conclusion but mm. i don't know if we are i mean maybe coming yeah. to a conclusion for a couple of you that's for sure <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i'm not sure so, what mike buxton's uh... gonna find when he arrives <laughs>
3: <laughs> damn it mike buxton needs to get there no, i don't think the next one's the last one andy i don't think it's yeah.
0: the maybe last. maybe not i Certainly mean mike, mike... buxton wants, wants his pound of flesh probably doesn't he but it's what kind of flesh is the question? Oh, right,
1: well, I mean, it feels like we've got potentially, you know, a couple of replacement investigators coming in here. You know, <laughs> that's... Buxton and Pier Paolo Pasolini. Are
2: <laughs> <investigating>.
0: <laughs> Amazing, Spencer. What you'd be doing is you'd be upgrading your gangster. You'd be leveling up. You'd be going from a sort of local boss <laughs> to an actual gangster. Interesting
2: boss. way of leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
0: All right, that was so much fun as usual. Um... It's thank you time again. So first of all, thank you, as usual, to Sirenscape for providing the amazing sound beds, sound effects and music for the podcast. Also, of course, this podcast, it would exist, but it wouldn't have the same joy and energy it does have if it wasn't for the Patreon backers. I love you all. I thank you all. You make my day, my month, my year and at whatever level you're backing. I'm just so, so grateful. And thank you for helping us keep going. And I am delighted to say we have two new backers this month. And the wonderful thing is, they are both players in games that we run at Grizzly Peaks Radio. Or at least one of them is. The other one is Grizzly Peaks adjacent, let's say. So first is to Archie, who those of you that are longtime fans will know Archie intimately. He has played more than one character, but the one character you will know him for at this moment in time is for A.P. Thackeray, Professor A.P. Thackeray from Our Two-Headed Serpent. And the other player, the other friend, is Jason, who has been part of the adjacent thing, which is the Goodman Games Twitch stream that I ran playing Mutant Crawl Classics, which you can find on the uh, Goodman Games Twitch channel. And the other lovely thing is that I met both of these wonderful people at... Gary Con, Archie I met in 2019 and Jason I met only last year and hopefully I'm almost certain we will all be seeing each other again in two months time in fact and I am sure we will get to play in face to face games again which is always so great. Hopefully Archie will be bringing his daughter and his daughter and my daughter will be hopefully playing in a uh, under 12s game that I'm running. There will be no podcast of that but maybe I'll do a special Garycon report like last year and tell you how it went because it really is fantastic. But the main thing is to thank both Archie and Jason for backing the show I'm so grateful that you do so part of me thinks well g- god goodness me you're 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 putting your your creative talents out there as well as backing it the other part of me thinks come on the rest of the players you should be backing the show as well but no that's not a subtle hint it really isn't I'm grateful to everyone that backs the show and um, hopefully we'll see more of you soon